This Agile Life, direct from Agile 2015 in Washington, D.C. The Conclusion. Podcasting at a non-sustainable pace. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Agile Life, our special post-Agile 2015 discussion. And... I'm sad to report that I have survived the conference. My name is Jason Tice, and joining me tonight is... Natalie Simonson. Thank you very much for having me. And Natalie and I wanted to get together and have a conversation to kind of come to closure about the conference, share a few takeaways. We had actually thought we might have Matt Corwell join us, who was also at the conference from This Agile Life. And he, he may pop on here in a few minutes um, if he can join us. If not, we but we we did want to go through kind of a, a round robin here of a few things that we uh, kind of discerned from all the different sessions we went to. So we'll we'll call these rapid fire and we'll just go down the list. So. But first off, I, I do want to say to everybody out there that there is still the chance that I will pull uh, push Jason off the balcony at some point. I am, I am sure people are, um, <laughs> they're all so happy with that. Only- I can do it. Just, I, I think we need some people to sort of join in and, and uh, vote for it. So let us know if you want us to push Jason off the balcony at any point in time. You know, I mean, here's you know. a here's a completely unrelated funny thing. Since I do have a, a couple friends, uh, or actually they were people I knew from college when I went to the University of Illinois who listen. And I had a thing when I was in college of always getting thrown into fountains on campus. This is no surprise to me. So, um, you know, you know, the Agile Alliance, they love to have these conferences at these big hotels that have fountains all over the place. So this could get really bad at a future Agile conference. So, I mean, you've just thrown down the gauntlet. I think that Jason will be in the fountain at some point in the future. Yeah, probably. At the next- like, uh, I think I'm just. Predicting the future. Yeah, probably here. at the next Lean Kanban St. Louis meeting that you're going to attend, <laughs> Natalie, right? Exactly. Yeah, that, that your organization has so graciously volunteered to host in August 2015. So we oh, can. Did we do that? Yes, uh, a, a colleague of yours agreed to host Lean Kanban. In, um, uh, and I think you guys have a fountain in your parking lot, but it's. If we don't have a fountain, we will have one by have the a time. a big fountain. We get- okay. <laughs> Natalie, give us a takeaway. What did you get out of this conference for for those people who were unable to make it to D.C. to attend? So my biggest takeaway was Luke Coleman did an awesome keynote speak. Uh, And the thing that I took away from that, being someone that uh, I'm I'm very active in the Stray Rescue uh, charity organization, I foster dogs, I walk dogs, I, I am very active in that organization. And his keynote really, really, really drove home how much we, have, we as Agile uh, practitioners have to offer the rest of the world 
the world, and I'm, I'm, I'm very specific about that. It's the rest of the world that we have to offer. Go out there, and, and as agile practitioners, go out there and, and really, really push what you're doing. Uh, this, is, this is something can, that can benefit the world and uh, really make uh, a difference. And, uh, and I don't think that uh, many people see what we do is very uh, limited to the development world, but what we do is, is something that can be expanded uh, much further than that. Yeah, and I think in particular what Luke challenged people to do in his keynote, and I think we touched on this in, in, our, in our daily episodes during the conference, was he asked for each person at the conference, of which there were over 2,000, to commit to basically playing two games. And, and Natalie, you, you can, the video's not out yet, so was it specific to say two games, period, or was it two games outside of your normal work context? Two games outside of your normal work context, and that exponentially like grows, right? So yeah. you do that, and then you know it's 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 like anything. It it just it just starts to grow when it becomes a movement, and it's not just this like idiotic idea that somebody has. It's something that that truly can change a nation, can change a city. And I think by if you know if you're lucky enough to be able to access Luke's uh, talk, you see how what he does actually changes a city. It change it changes the way they approach what they find as the primary uh, you know like issues that they should be focusing on. It's it, it, there's so many. There's so many positives to that. Uh, and it, it was really, for me, it was incredibly uh, life-changing yeah. to see what I do on a day-to-day basis with regards to software software development is so applicable to the rest of the world. Yeah, I know my, my colleague, Melanie, who was on, uh, we had her on during the conference to talk about her experience report, but her and I, we, we shared an Uber together to the airport at the, after the conference. And she was even talking about, actually, she was trying to pick my brain about how to get started with like doing some games for her school district, which is in the St. Louis, Missouri area where they have a budget issue too. So, so she's thinking about it. And um, so, yeah, so yeah, I, that's a, like, so I'm actually working on doing a Minecraft hackathon with a uh, central cloud. And part of what we're doing is, there's a session where we have kids working in an agile kind of lightning uh, sprints uh, to, to help them like think about like, let's just very iteratively solve problems rather than looking at the whole thing. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally in line with that. But the, yeah, the way that Luke, presented that was was very impactful okay well so when that comes out we'll be sure to mention that in our our show notes on a future episode uh as almost a reminder to say go check out the keynote if you missed it 
So one that I All right. I was going to ask, Jason. Oh, you're going to throw it to me. Okay, so. Yes, what is your pick? All right, so big one that I had, which I guess I had heard a lot about, but it really kind of came into focus for me at the Agile Conference was this, this really importance of using invitation over mandate when it comes to adopting Agile practices. And this is where I think if you are a coach or you're a, a transformation agent, this would be a great thing for you to do some reflection on. And that is that as you are encouraging people to think about Agile practices, are you really telling people what to do or are you inviting them to learn from you? And, and yes, it's a very subtle difference, but it makes all the difference in the world. And again, talk to, I guess, myself or talk to Natalie. If you kind of force people to do practices, the first opportunity that presents itself for them to go back to what they used to do, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you, totally agree. if you go about ways to... I mean, if you're a way, if you're an external coach that goes into an environment, it's kind of hard because you've been put there to really help teams improve. So you've got to go about, you know, really trying to understand and empathize with the people that are there and then really try to say, well, may I help you with this as opposed to saying, no, I'm going to help you with this. Or um, I, I heard people talk about at the conference, they were at one point in their in their careers were the pair programming police, which is something that really a coach should really never do. A coach should maybe invite someone to pair, but if someone says, no, I don't want to do it, it's not my thing, you need to respect that. Yeah. There's such a, for me, there's such a huge aspect of trust when, when you're talking about just about everything that you were saying. You, Teams need to trust in order to invite somebody to help them. And if, you, if you're not working on that, that trust aspect, the rest of the stuff doesn't even matter. You, can't, you, you cannot infiltrate or influence a team unless they feel some aspect of, like, this person is truly after my best well-being. So what you're saying with many of the practices are, yeah, you can, you can do those exercises, but you have to have trust. Yeah. And the other thing too, for leadership, this also means that your, the specific adoption of agile is going to vary from team to team. It, it won't always be the same. And, and really that's a function of the people, which I think in the coaching community, we, we've we've known that all along, but I guess if you are in a leadership role and you happen to listen to this podcast, one thing that we did comment on our episodes during the conference is that there's a lot of people out there that have some ideas that I'll sure maybe we don't agree with to say that you can have a standard measurement across all your teams. And I think here we've said multiple times that agile practices are going to vary from team to team because there are different people involved. Yes, absolutely. So, so those, so those kind of measurements may be a great way to get started, and just to kind of maybe get a baseline for where you are. But you need to take the data with a grain of salt. Yes, yeah, and there. I mean, yeah, you're exactly right, Jason. There's 
each team is is so unique and and I think that they like I've noticed that uh they they get a almost a, like well not almost but they do get offended by tr- being treated like cattle like this this huge organization like apply this principle and you will succeed and that doesn't happen it's it, they they are unique they are they they have their own uh, differences, uh, perspectives, whatever you want to call it, whatever that unique thing is that they have, and that as as agile coaches, we need to be very cognizant of that and making sure that we're we're reading it and evaluating it and responding in the way that we should based on their unique situation. Yeah, and you know, if anything, almost kind of to, to wrap this one up, but that's a, that inspired a really deep thought, Natalie, and that is that if you are a coach and you're supporting multiple teams, I know, and I've been in this seat myself, sometimes your sponsor will challenge you and will really want to know, what are the common things between my teams? And if anything, as a coach, you almost want to focus on the exact opposite. What are the mm-hmm. the differences between these teams that makes them all excellent and that makes them great and that is it, it identi- it gives them a sense of identity that's unique. But that's where and that's where it gets incredibly difficult, right? Because you start to see if you're a coach to many teams, you start to see all of these like similarities like oh, they're struggling with this, they're struggling with this. And then you want to you want to raise that up to leadership to say, hey, we have an issue X or we have an ex- issue Y, whatever it is, but they're somewhat unique but somewhat similar. Right. I want to I start wanting to sing a Sesame Street song for these things, you know. Like, well, but I, think, but I think even if you're a coach and you're faced with that, that in of itself is a great opportunity to talk about invitation. I mean, what your role as a coach should really be to, if I can call it, be call it you're the matchmaker. So, hey, mm-hmm. I happen to know that you and the, this team and that team has the exact same problem or so it seems. Yeah. Why don't you guys get together and decide if you want to figure it out yourselves or would you like as a group that we present this to leadership to get some help because we've determined it's outside of our scope or it's outside of what we're focusing on right now. Yes. So, so again, invitation is a, is a big uh, thing. Then again, if you're a coach, I would encourage everyone to, I, I know I did a little reflection on it on the flight back to back home to St. Louis and, and kind of gave myself an action plan. So, so what'd you have what next, have, Natalie? What have we covered? We've covered, we co- I know that, like the... We covered Luke you know, and we like, covered uh, Invitation. Okay. So my next one is really just go with the flow. I think I was so caught up, this being my first Agile uh, conference, I was so caught up in the flow and I wanted to hit every single session that I could possibly do. And I realized that you know, like during that is uh, actually just sitting around and chatting with people was okay. I actually learned more and in, in some cases by just relaxing and having a very informal conversation with people rather than going to a session. 
that's that's hard when you know like you particularly when you're you know like you've been told by your superior that you're going to this conference and we expect things big things out of it um you want to you want to come back with some aha moments and so often those aha moments come from very um, impromptu conversations with people that you least expect would give you those. So my message there is go with flow. Read that situation in the moment and go with it. Yeah, and I think that goes back to this idea of really what you're saying, Natalie, supports all of the theory and people who believe strongly in having like open space conferences where obviously putting a, putting a program together is a lot of work and there's there's challenges where you put something on that looks great on propo- in the proposal but then it it doesn't pan out. Uh, I know during our co- our sessions at the conference we talked about a few of those. So you're saying is guess what? Just go around and experience things and I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Yes, definitely. I mean, I had uh, conversations with people I work with on a daily basis. But the conversation at the conference in person was so much different to what I would have had on a Slack channel or, you know, via any kind of electronic method. It, it, it made a difference being in person and talking with someone. Yeah, so I have a question because you have a note here that says Lisa Atkins session of thinking about how to improve your conference experience. Did she? Oh yes. Did she do a session on that or? So her her session that uh, it from what I understand it became quite controversial, but um, she when when that session started it became uh, it was it was limited and uh, Trisha and I don't remember her last Trisha name Broderick. Yes, Trisha Broderick, thank you. She did a freaking amazing job of facilitating how people got into that session. So mad props to her. It was awkward because I think think it was somewhat surprising to organizers how Lisa wanted to do that session. And Trisha just rolled with it. And did a beautiful job. She got everybody in there that based on their arrival and all that kind of stuff. But but Lisa's questions were really intriguing to me. It was, how could you improve the experience you've had at this conference? And that really made me stop and think, like, did I make some bad choices about where I went, what I did, who I spent time with? in all of the, in in all of this. And so yeah, it was it was very thought provoking the way that she she facilitated that that session. Uh so but yeah, it it did make me think about what was I too focused on sessions? Was I too focused on getting to every class? And I'm using air quotes there for those of you that are not watching. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it totally made me think about all of that kind of stuff. And I would change how I spent my time at, uh, at the Agile Alliance conference. I would spend my, more time at the open jams. I would spend more time just shooting the shit with people 
rather than going to sessions. Because when I think about the conversations I had over the, the last week, the most valuable conversations were those ones with people that were informal. And Jason, you are you're included in that. The, the we, conversations we had. We were pretty formal. We were like, oh, we gotta have a time, we gotta find a location, gotta sit down. But, <laughs> but, but you even think about like the times that we when we did our podcasts, once they ended, the conversation after those podcasts were incredibly insightful. Oh, yeah. The bonus conversation that we never record that's better yes. than the podcast. So. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. Well, hey, the other one, too, just to mention, and I'd love to hear if we have a listener that happened to do this. I know I had a few colleagues in my firm that did go to this that I needed to track them down. There was like a, I think it was like a coaching meditation session or something in the morning. It was at the same time as Lean Coffee, and I never had a chance to make it to it. But what I wondered, Natalie, because I like this idea, it's it's like that idea of, hey, you're a day into this. Let's, you know, someone who's there to challenge you and say, reflect on how you're doing so you get the best return on your time invested. So so I think that, that maybe even though Lean Coffee's fun, I guess whatever that coaching reflection thing in the morning is, maybe that's something to help with that. Well, that that, that concept, right, is, is beautiful for any approach. Like on a daily approach, you should be always like, Am I doing the thing that is most valuable and the right thing to do on a daily basis? Don't even think about it from a conference perspective or whatever. Yeah. You should always be evaluating. And I, and I think as, as agile coaches, or we, we sometimes tend to, to not think about that for ourselves because we're constantly looking at how teams are doing or particular individuals are doing. And and so to take that approach where we say stop, think, and evaluate how we're doing, what what decisions are we making to be better about ourselves? And, and yeah, that was, that was a revelation. It was, it's like, Hey, hold up a minute. Think about this. Yeah. Well, and really, again, that's this idea. It, it, it came up a little bit at the Agile Conference, but it was really front and center at the coach camp before the Agile Conference. And that was this idea of, as a coach, again, what are you doing for your own personal introspection and growth? And anyone who is a coach and out working with people should be doing something regularly to reflect. And, 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 not just, and that's not just getting feedback from your sponsor. That's you know really a personal assessment guess what you may think your sponsor may think you're doing great but maybe for your own personal standards you're not aligning to your own goals and aspirations and that could set you up for a personal challenge because yeah my supervisor or my sponsor says i'm doing awesome i think i'm doing horrible that's not sustainable yeah no i i totally agree and one of the things that came out of this this uh experience from and and i've I heard about the Agile uh, coaching session that you had in addition to Agile Alliance Conference. One of the things that came out of that for me was I I told my team, I want us to set up time where we devote to reading or learning about something new. Because, you know, know, as, as coaches, you you're doing constantly, right? You're running from team to team and you're doing, you think you're, you're helping, you think you're helping, 
but you're not growing your skill set. And that's where I said to the team, I want, I want us to step back a little and help us grow more so that we can add more ultimately. So, yeah, it was totally, I, I totally agree with you there. I was lucky enough to go to the Agile coaching session, but given what you said, we may be having something in the Midwest yeah, sometime I'm, soon. I'm working on that. and um, Get it? And obviously uh, a bonus that I wrote in the notes here. So having been one of the few people that did the seven-day experiment, which was the two-day coach camp and five-day Agile conference, I would only recommend that if you are into what I called a high endurance learning experience, because it was a <laughs> lot. Um, and of course, it, for those in full transparency, we thought that we might all get together Friday afternoon before we went to the airport to record something. Uh, and everyone I talked to was just completely exhausted, which is why we're we're actually recording this now that we've left the conference and are back at home. So, so yeah, I've I've had two nights of full seven hours sleep. I think this is the luxury. That is sad. Yes. So in one of Natalie's other takeaways, she obviously got a conference cold. So, <laughs> well, and one thing that I did write this down, Natalie, but you, you hit this in your last statement is I think one of the controversies of the conference this year, and there's Twitter traffic and blog posts and stuff about <laughs> this was again, this controversy about how do we do, do, is there a way to have a standard mechanism to assess the adoption of agile? And I know we, we started that with, that was the first topic and lean coffee on the first day of the conference was talking about that, that agility health radar wheel that everyone got in their pack. <coughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, obviously I've, I've expressed some pretty hard and fast expressions. Well, so here I want to opinions sum- about this. Well, and, but- and, and again, Jim Benson has others have too. So, I'm going to summarize it in three simple criteria that everyone can assess probably in about two minutes for any team. And that is that really (laughs) we've joked about it on this podcast. If you're on a team, that team should be able to articulate what they are working to improve. Or like you said, Natalie, if you're a coach, as a coach, you should articulate for yourself as a coach, what are you working to improve? Yeah, and that, and, and while I say that, I mean, it, it's not a perfect world, right? We, we all live in... Here come the in, police. Uh, What's going on there? Yeah, south side! Oh, really? <laughs> well, hey, everyone. So, it is it is August, and we are in St. Louis, Missouri, unfortunately. And so. there were some issues in Ferguson last night. Just all I'm saying. Uh, what if? But, no, it, it is, it's a great thing to say. They, they, people live in in hierarchies. They, there's no avoiding that, and so there, there are things that we need to do need to do as agile coaches that that help those that are living within a hierarchy that that doesn't always uh, embrace some more free thinking yeah. maybe um but simple call this back of the napkin agile assessment is obviously the team is working to improve something that they can document the team has this idea where they are learning so and if anything they can demonstrate those learnings so it's not just that they're doing their job and to me improvement is different from learning because learning might be better understanding the business context of the software that you're developing and you're you're doing that in an ongoing manner and i think a common theme we heard a lot at the conference was this idea of is the team engaged and having fun 
So an interesting thing, right? And I, and I said this. I said this to to someone, where I said the developers seem happy, and they responded with, "That's great. This is was not done in order to make the developers happy. It comes down to value and delivery, right? Because that's that's what we're trying to do." I think it's different. I mean, like, I'll share real life. It's uh, right after the Agile Conference. I just did a team inception today with a real team that I'm that I'm supporting. And uh, we, we said, let's identify some metrics that we're going to use to kind of, at least to get started with. Number one, team happiness metric. So let's talk about, are we happy with our work? Yes or no? We And we talked about green cards, red cards. We haven't quite figured out how we're going to get the data, but that was number one. Number two was really... Uh, the approval of the team or like a net promoter of the team's output by the customer. So is, is the customer happy with the value they're getting for their investment? Number three was trends about quality, things like, you know, code, code complexity. And then number four was just some kind of like a, uh, we called it a burn down, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so it's like, we got this, we've got a runway, we've got this much investment. We actually know how many stories we can do with the investment we have. Cause we kind of made some assumptions about, some sizing and mm -hmm. we haven't figured out what the stories are yet, but as we work on them, we're going to say, yeah, we, Hey, we just didn't, you know, that feature we've already done 15 stories for it. Do we need to do any more stories for that feature or can we move on to the next one? So. No, yeah, I, I get it. But if, if we're value, like if you go back to working software as being the evaluation all this other stuff as far as happiness of a team and fulfillment and everything, you know, there, there's a almost like a hierarchy that we, I feel like we need to talk about. I don't think, I don't think so. I think it's more, you've got to, this way, you've got to look at a couple different metrics because I can have a really happy team, but I can also have a, that where that their customer is not happy with the value they're getting. Mm -hmm. That's not right. good. So, uh, I think you. I, I don't think that's a hierarchy. I just think you have to have a few a few different data points that you can have a you can have a a concept of the big picture, the uh, the you know but, the, the but whole just, system. Just based on what you you're saying, though, is that do we value customer happiness, the team happiness? I think you have to consider them relative to each other, and I, and really a perfect. Perfect answer there is they should be both. The team should be happy and the customer should be happy. If they're not happy, you got that. There's work to do. Figure it out. But in those situations where it often happens that the team disagrees with what the customer is asking, you know, like which one, which one wins? Well, at the end of the day, the law of two feet will eventually kick in. I think, right? So if I'm on a team, I'm making the customer happy, but. We our team sucks, you know, because our code sucks, or or we have no autonomy, or whatever. What's going to happen long term there if the team's not happy? People yep. are going to leave. So I, I think that I think that we need to be mindful of that. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, it does make sense. No. But I, these are the things that I I I wish we would get in. I think we need to get into more because it's kind of the guts of it, right? Yeah, well, and the thing I'll say is it's simple. I mean, I so I went to another one that I had on my list here. Just uh, maybe I'll blow my list out here. Was this um this common theme I heard in a few presentations that processes and metrics are intended to serve people rather than imprison them? 
Mm -hmm. I know we talked about that last week, but this idea of saying that, guess what? Metrics should be simple and easy. It it shouldn't take a, you know, a PhD to understand what the metrics are. And I think sometimes some of the the products and frameworks out there, you know, they may overcomplicate environments where there may be a more simplistic solution. Yes. Well, and my my last one that I had was <laughs> avoid sales and sales type presentations. There were there were a few instances with the uh, the conference where I felt like I was being sold a product rather than being uh, taught a new process. Yeah, and, and I'll show you probably or, or a new technique. Well, and I'll show you probably didn't know that going in, did you? No, so that's I a, did not. So I, that, that's a programming error that shouldn't happen. But which, uh, if anything, we should follow up offline, Natalie, and figure out which sessions those were because uh, we'll we'll figure out how that happened. Yes, and and I and I did. You know, like in, in all uh, fairness to Agile Alliance, everybody that I spoke to regarding those instances was uh, very concerned. And very, uh, uh, like, very inviting around uh, feedback on well, those instances. Well, and in so. particular, if it's a sales presentation, you shouldn't you shouldn't have to invest to attend a conference and then sit in a bunch of sales presentations. You want to hear sales presentations? You call a sales rep; they'll come out and do it for you without the conference involved. So that's a that's why I yeah. actually I would actually call that a programming error. So if you're listening to us and you did go to any sessions that you didn't feel like, make sure that you did complete the feedback form. And I, I believe many people have where you can, you can put that in the feedback form uh, for the specific session. And that information goes back to the program committee so we can figure out how to not have those types of errors in the future. Yeah. I do want to say though, cause I, like, I feel like in some ways I may be overcritical about things given this, uh, this was my first conference. I had an incredible time I learned so much. I, I, I cannot even describe how many things that and, and techniques and ideas that I was exposed to during my time. So in no way am I saying this is not a valuable uh, use of anybody's time. This was amazing. And I fully intend, should I have the grace with my current employer to go, I will be there next year and I will be fully involved. And I, and I actually hope that at some point in the future that I can actually present because uh, it, it is a truly uh, collaborative and sharing environment that I was involved with there. So thank you, Agile. 2015 because it, it was a great experience and, and just to be fully transparent there's lots of ways basically anyone who goes to the conference can present because they do have the open jam so mm-hmm. obviously if you are on the program and you go through the submission process the agile alliance based upon how you submit your your talk they do offer like if you're selected they'll offer complimentary registration they'll offer basically um, they'll help cover the hotel and stuff so um, which can help so, uh, but so, but if you're able to get in the door somehow, anyone can, <laughs> and anyone is able to share, which is actually, I think, a cool thing. Even someone like Jason Tice can get in the door. So, yeah, you're all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually had two picks just to 
so we could actually have this week's hottest picks. This week's hottest picks. Do you have any picks, Natalie? <laughs> I do not. I'm looking for that. I have my picks for the conference, but I like I am podcasted out. You're a podcast. Yeah, so Natalie, <laughs> Natalie, and Jason are going to take a break. So on future episodes of the Sag Life for the short term period, you're going to hear it from John and a bunch of other people, uh, or maybe we'll just come back. So, but I did have two picks. So um, the first one is if you're looking for another conference to go to, uh, we I think we mentioned this briefly last week, but this uh, Play for Agile North America. It's an, it's an open space conference focusing on games and really collaborative facilitation techniques. It's being held in September. Actually, it's the weekend of September 11th through the 13th. It's up, in, it's up just outside of Toronto, Canada. So we'll uh, put the information and registration uh, link online. But I know myself, Ellen Grove, Mike Bowler, uh, who knows who all is going to show up there. A bunch of people from really the, the Agile Games Committee will be present. So come check that out up in Canada in September. And just because I screwed it up last week, a uh, bonus pick we talked about on a prior episode is this thing, uh, this plugin for Jira called Spartez. And this, um, this is the thing that I thought was like the most innovative thing I saw in the expo hall. What you do is it's a plugin for Jira. It is a it is a purchase plugin, but you install it. You can then go to your Jira project. You can have it print out cards for you that have a, like a QR code on it. Although it's technically not a QR code, it's like a just a symbol, and they have a, a plugin that when you take a picture of your board with your phone, it looks at the position of the cards relative to the board and it will automatically update Jira. So you can try it for free. They had it they had it where you could play with it at the expo last week. I played with it. It actually works, which it was just fun. So check that out again. It's called Spartes. Uh, and I believe it's called the card the Agile Cards for Jira plugin. Okay, I do actually have a pick. Okay, Natalie got uh, a pick because I was just rambling about mine because I think that's so cool. No, well, well, mine is more it's inspired by Luke's uh, keynote. Uh, there is a gentleman that my 13-year-old daughter uh, brought to my attention. Uh, he is a gamer, a mad gamer, but he, he talks about uh, how you can influence the world and change the world based on the community reach that you have. So uh, I don't have his Twitter handle on hand right now, but I will send it so that we can include it in, uh, in the show notes. But really it's, it's, it's just awesome because I, I really feel for what he's trying to do based on what Luke was talking about and what I believe in with, with my uh, involvement in uh, the, uh, you know, like St. Louis uh, Stray Rescue, it it all just it all just talks to charity and giving back to our community, paying it forward for a better word. Uh, so I will include that, and uh, yeah, that's my pick. Okay, and with that, that's all the time we have today. We thank everyone for uh, listening to our extended coverage of Agile 2015 from Washington, D.C., and I believe we will probably do something for Agile 2016, which will be held in August yeah. August 2016 in Atlanta, Georgia, and probably a few conferences here and there between now and then, Kansas City, Boston, who knows where else will show up. So 
We're kind of like a, a bottle you throw in the ocean with a note in it. it just shows up wherever you least expect it to, right? <laughs> so we value your feedback because that is how we get better. So if you guys have comments, questions, anything, just connect with us. You can find out all of our contact information at www.thisagilelife.com or just the simplest way is probably just ping us on Twitter at thisagilelife. And uh, thanks for listening and keep living this agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.